You may recall that back in the season of Advent, which was also a purple season, we talked about how the two purple seasons in our church are penitential in nature. But the penitence, the penitential nature of it is different for each. There's a, a different way of looking at it. And by penance, I mean that we are reflecting on the condition of the human person and we're trying to fix it. Not of our own power, but by opening ourselves more completely to God. And so if you recall, the penance of Advent, the repentant nature of Advent, was one of clearing away, making space in our heart for God. And there is something penitential about that. We do it usually every springtime in our homes. You'll probably watch your mom or your dad going through your drawers and pulling out things that no longer fit. What do we call that? Spring cleaning. Where we make room for what's new. In Advent, of course, we're making room in our heart for the Lord Jesus by clearing away the clutter that kind of just grows over time, just like our drawers or our closets or our basements or garages. They fill up with stuff, and then we have to stop at some moment because we can't get our car in the garage anymore and say, we need to clean this out. Spring cleaning. This season, though, of penitence is a little bit different. We're not looking forward. We're looking back. We're saying, what have we done with what God has given to us? And we realize, as my vestment articulates, what we've done with what God has given to us. This season is a very sober season. It's meant to be one of a reawakening in our hearts and minds of who we are and what we're supposed to be about. That's why it's a very stark looking church right now. It's not filled with beautiful flowers or, or, you know, like Advent, we're getting ready for a baby. That's exciting and powerful and happy. This isn't so happy. This is a time where we're looking at our world and we're saying people can do some pretty bad things. And it isn't just people out there. All we have to do, that's the whole point of this season, is look inside. And say, I am that person. I am the one who is capable of war, of division, of creating pain and hurt. I can do that. Sometimes it's intentional. And let's face it, a lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's I'm so focused on myself that I'm not even aware of what's going on with people around me. And so I can easily be exclusive. I can easily throw people out of my group and not include them and make them feel lonely or unloved. I can easily do that because I'm so focused on myself. Lent is trying to pull me out of that and to say, nope, it's not about you anymore. It's about something greater, much greater. And so we're thinking about, you know, God enters our world, Advent, to teach us how to live as children of God. And we, this day, 
We're going to put ashes on our foreheads from Palms, from Palm Sunday. So remember what Palm Sunday is. It's Holy Week, the beginning of Holy Week, the beginning of taking the greatest gift God ever gave us and getting rid of it, pushing him out, killing him, crucifying him. So we're putting ashes on our head to make the connection that this isn't just someone else out there. We do this. We do this every time we're not inviting with each other, every time we're not attentive and sensitive to each other. Or as our readings today told us, when we're not praying, when we're not fasting, and we're not giving alms. Let's think about those three tools, because they're the tools that the church is giving us today to exercise our introspection. And it isn't just introspection, it's meant to be active. Praying is activity. It isn't just let's think about praying or let's talk about praying. It's actually sitting down, kneeling down, bowing down, praying. That was the point of prayer. In a certain sense, what I'm doing right now with you is praying. It's communication. It's a, it's a religious term to talk about when we are relating, talking to the divine being or his friends that we call the saints. So it's just a, a language or technical term like each different subject in school has its own terminology, right? It's different terms to talk about the topic that you're using, but sometimes these terms are interchangeable. Prayer is conversation with someone. Prayer is conversation with your friend. Prayer is conversation with God, who is supposed to be our friend. How do we become friends? Does anyone in here have any friends? How do you make a friend? Help me out. We're not doing that again. I'm not falling on the ground again. No, it's not happening. Not today. How do we become friends? Be nice to yeah, you'd be nice to someone, but there's something more basic than that. Yes? You start talking to them. Hello, my name is Father Troy. Great. What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Do you want to hang out today? Do you want to go play on the field? Kickball. Pickleball, that's for old people. You want to play soccer? <laughs> that's how we become friends. We start with talking with them. And that means spending time. If we're going to be friends with God, we actually have to talk to him. And by talking to him, I don't mean just simply thanking him three times a day when we're ready to eat. That's a nice thing to do, and we should be doing it. But imagine your best friend if you only talked to them three times a day when you wanted something from them. Or moms and dads in relationship with each other as spouses, if they only talked to each other three times a day. Honey, where's the checkbook? It's on the counter. Thank you very much. What kind of relationship would that be? It wouldn't be one. It would disintegrate instantly. So too with our prayer life. It's hard to pray. It's hard to talk with our friends sometimes, too, isn't it? Because friends hurt friends. 
Not always on purpose, but sometimes we're just not sensitive to their need. And sometimes we feel that way about God, that he's not sensitive to our needs. And I think he thinks the same thing about us. We're not always attentive to his needs. So how important prayer is, not just to think about, not to talk about, but to actually do it. Start talking to God. Meaningful, deep conversations. Fasting. What good is fasting? I think in a certain sense, when we think about spring cleaning, or let's use something maybe you can relate to a little more, spring training, right? What are the teams going to get ready to do now? They're going to get ready to go to the warmer climates, and they're going to start to train. And what are they going to do? Are they going to work on the fantastic shots, the great home run hittings? Are they going to know the basics? They're going to relearn how to run, how to dodge, how to pivot. It's all basic stuff. If you don't have the basics, those great shots never happen. And so when we think about fasting... What we're thinking about is getting back to basics. Do I really need to eat as much as I do? As often as I do. I can assure you, I don't. And this Lent is, is an, a great opportunity not to lose weight. This is not what Jesus is concerned about. Jesus doesn't want us to look good. Jesus wants to be us to be spiritually attentive and attuned and by going without food what we what happens to us is we become more sensitive to our bodies the grumbling in our stomach and sometimes the little bit of pain that says i'm starving to death you don't look like it but we feel like it and that makes us say wait a minute where is food from it isn't just from a cupboard it isn't just from mom and dad it isn't just from the grocery store it's from God. And where is my hunger coming from? And will my, my hunger ever be satisfied? Can I ever eat enough cheeseburgers to resolve the problem? No. No, I've tried. It doesn't work. Which is a spiritual image for us of where is my hunger? It's really for God. I was made for God, made from God, and I'm for God. And the more I find myself separating from him, the hungrier, hungrier I am, and the pains come, and I want him so bad. I want unity. I want peace and harmony. I want to feel like everything is right, not always in turmoil, not always upside down. That comes from our fasting, unawareness, sensitivity, and when we're sensitive to what's going on within us, it's supposed to help us to be sensitive to the people next to us. That my actions affect other people. Almsgiving is all about that. Look at how much you and I have. We don't always feel that way. I know it. You can never have enough money. We'll take up a second collection today, right? You can never have enough. And no one likes to give money away. Do you? See me afterwards if you do. I have an envelope for that. 
None of us likes to. But again, what is it teaching us? That everything we have is gift. Even if we may have worked hard for it, it's still the talent that we have, the health that we have to work, the ability to work. Imagine if I came over to Mr. Jensen today with a brick and pounded on his fingers. He'd be out of a job. That's his talent. That's his skill set. No fingers, no piano, no organ. His fingers are a great gift from God. And he, in his spiritual awareness, has realized and he's accentuated and built upon what God gave him. And he's helping God and God's helping him. But any day, those fingers could wither up. Now, you all know that when I'm not being a priest, I'm being a model. <laughs> and I know that someday, someday this is all just going to go. It's all going to fall. In the meantime, I'm going to make a lot of money off it. But someday I have to realize. So the point is, and we're going to hear it with the ashes, two things. The, per the person distributing the ashes has an option. They can say either the oldest form, which is, remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. No matter how great we've trained ourselves to think we are, we're dust. I do a lot of funerals in here. People die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. It's not something we look forward to. But we have to be prepared. And what happens when we die? Because of sin, we return to dust. That's where we came from. But God in his goodness will raise us up again. And if we're faithful and friends of his, we'll live with him forever. That's the good news. That's why we're doing Lent. The second one is repent. Repent. And be faithful to the good news, to the gospel. They're both calling us back to realizing who we are and what we're about. The church gives us three tools, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Not things to think about or talk about, but things to do. Simply do. That's all we have to do is do what we're instructed to do. And hopefully through that, our spiritual life will be reawakened and we'll be a little more sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he calls us to live out our prospective vocations. Let's pray for that grace as we begin this Lenten season.